I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and one. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Something a little bit different today, we haven't done this in a while. Uh, We have got an Instagram uh, Q&A that we're going to go through with you guys live here today. Uh, So what it'll be is I'll be answering people's questions. So I will talk to you guys about the questions, give you my thoughts on it, and then I've got about 15 seconds uh, to answer that question on the Instagram. So you'll hear me sort of give you guys a bit more of a detailed answer, and then I'll jump on there and do a little 15 second clip. So it might get a little bit repetitive for you guys guys a little bit of behind the scenes sort of stuff as far as an Instagram Q&A. Done this a lot in the past. It seems to be pretty popular. Uh, So it will be a little bit repetitive at times, but you guys get to hear a little bit more detailed of my thoughts on certain questions and whatnot. You'll also be able to go back and watch uh, this Instagram Q&A on my Instagram page if you're listening within 24 hours. So I'm just going to jump on now. There is a little bit of time between each of them. I like to put a little banner at the bottom of all of my IG stories that I do when I'm doing a Q&A. Just a little advertisement for the podcast down the bottom. So I've made those three designs that you'll see on the Instagram uh, and then I'll have to add them in each time. So it takes a couple of seconds, but I'll be talking to you guys whilst all that goes down. So I'm just going to go live now on the Instagram story to let people know I am doing the Q&A, then we'll rip into the questions. G'day guys, going to be jumping on for an hour or so here uh, to answer all the questions that you guys sent in for the Q&A. A lot of questions to be answered, plenty of footy to talk about. Let's get stuck into it. So I will be uploading those each and every time, adding the little uh, photo down the bottom as well. Uh, So all that takes a couple of seconds, but I'll be talking through the questions uh, as we go and as we move through them. about to jump into uh, the very first one. All right, beautiful guys. Let's get stuck in. I'll open up the questions 
box. Always fun doing this sort of stuff. You get so many random topics and whatnot and a few extra seconds to think about it. See all. Okay. Um, so our first one comes from Simon Tran. His question is, should the Dolphins prioritise Mitch Moses or the coolest guy in rugby league come November 1? If you're a bloke and a bar fan, you will know the coolest guy in rugby league as our running joke goes. It is, of course, uh, Dill Brown. So the question is, do we go, should the Dolphins prioritise Mitch Moses or Dill Brown? Uh, personally... I'd be going for Mitch Moses. He'd be my pick. I think they need a really good halfback, a guy they can build a franchise around instead of a young, explosive 5'8". So I'd be going with a 7. I'll give my thoughts on it now. I think both would be cracking options, guys. But personally, I'd go with Mitch Moses, the halfback. He's a little bit more experienced, a little bit more mature. I think that Dill Brown's got higher potential. But if I'm starting a new franchise, an experienced halfback, that's the direction that I'd be going in. So Mitch Moses, he'd be my pick. Despite Dylan Brown probably having more upside, I think he's very young and I still think he's got a lot more to learn in his career. I think Mitch Moses, he's been in shit spots. He's been in good spots. He's seen it all so far in his career, Mitch Moses. So he's the one that I would be building around. Yeah, really interesting question there. Obviously, a couple of ways that you could go there. Dill Brown, obviously incredibly talented. We've been uh, his number one fan for quite some time. Uh, Dill Brown, very gifted. He really is something else. But for me, uh, I would prioritize getting a Mitch Moses uh, into my system. I've no doubt about that whatsoever. All right, let's have a look at our next question. How will Benji go as a coach, and which year will he win a premiership? That one's from Fabian. Uh, very nice. I, I like the way he's worded that. How good. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how Benji goes. Uh, I hope he does well. Fuck, I hope he does well. Um, For the Tigers' sake, for Rugby League's sake, uh, I hope he is really successful. I'll jump on now. Yeah, mate, apparently a case of when will he win a premiership. Love that from you, Tigers fans. Mate, I really do hope Benji is successful. I absolutely love everything about Benji. Always have. I think he's great for rugby league. I think that if he can, if he can't make it work at the West Tigers, I'm not quite sure who can. You've obviously got Timmy Sheens working in there. I think that'll be fantastic. Benji and Robbie, they know the Tigers' DNA through and through. They've both won that premiership there. They've been so successful there. They've been treated poorly by the Tigers. They've both come back because they love the club. I think they've both come back two or three times now. They've also been through the shit, and they probably know how to deal with things a little bit better than what seemingly the Tigers franchise has over the last 15 years or so. So I don't know how they're going to go, mate, but I really do hope it's successful because if we get five years down the track and the Tigers are fucked off, Tim Sheens, Robbie Farr, and Benji Marshall, where the fuck are they going to go? Yeah, it would be pretty scary, obviously, guys, if this uh, if this all didn't work with the West Tigers boys. Obviously, a couple of club legends there, so you really are hoping that it does come together. And, uh, yeah, I'm not going to say I'm confident that it will, but I think if anyone can make it work, it probably is Benji Marshall, Timmy Shanes, and Robbie Farrow. So, fingers crossed uh, the boys can make it work. Uh, for all you Tigers fans, fuck you, loyal and you're patient out there. No doubt about that whatsoever. All right, uh, what have we got? Do, do, do. Uh, thoughts on the Centurions turning into the Leopards in the Super League. What a shit fight this is. If you haven't seen this, guys, type it up on uh, Google or whatever. Have a look at it. This situation is uh, just bizarre. Very English Super League. A very bold decision. Yeah, look, I don't follow the Super League overly closely, but obviously the Lee Centurions, they won the reserve grade or whatever it is. They've got themselves up into the English Super League this year. Super excited. I believe Adrian Lamb is the head coach. Fergo's playing over there. A couple of other guys. I think Ricky Latelli might be there as well. Uh, they've rebranded, which I've got no problem with. I think it's a nice little rebrand, but... 
the jerseys with the big cat on the front. I don't know. It just seems a little bit rogue to me. Seems like a very Mickey Mouse sort of jersey. So, uh, yeah, it's a bit of a bizarre one. I've seen it hasn't been too popular. I don't think it's the worst name, the Lee Leopards. I don't think it's fantastic, but I don't think it's the worst. I just think it's the cat on the jersey, the, the leopard on the jersey. I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of this one. I actually thought Lee Centurions was an unreal name, very unique, and I've seen a lot of people sort of support that argument. So, not a change that I would have made. Hopefully, it works out for them, uh, but it certainly has hasn't been a good start for them. Their, uh, their social media guy deleting negative comments today, the hardest worker in the room by far and away. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> the Lee Leopards. Uh, as I said, guys, I don't follow a stack of Super Leagues. So I might not be the best person to ask, but uh, the optics of it and the way that it was taken by fans uh, wasn't great. So I think right now as it stands, we could probably call that one a mistake, chalk it up as an L. I don't think you can go back on it, though. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how it does play out. You made a mistake in your Kronk post. Sure did. Let's get on the front foot here. Uh, yeah, we put up a post the other day. We put a lot of work in it. We just had a bit on, so we got a bit distracted. Uh, where We were talking about Cooper Kronk, and we said if he never left the Roosters, we should have said Storm. Uh, we're going to make mistakes like that from time to time. You've just got to own them and move on, though. So I'll just respond to this one quickly. Yeah, mate, we made a mistake in that one. We've got to be better than that, no doubt about it. Uh, sometimes you just get caught up and you make little stupid mistakes. You look back in hindsight and go, how the fuck did you do that? Definitely something I've got to improve on, though. I actually had someone that commented it, uh, and they said, hey, mate, you made a mistake. They were really nice about it. Had about 10 or 15 likes on it, uh, and I went to pin it at the top. Now, when you pin something, I don't know because you're not all in social media, when you pin something, you slide it across and you press pin. If you slide it too far, though, it deletes the comment. So I accidentally deleted it yesterday and thought, fuck, that's going to make me look like the biggest mug in the world. Uh, so I commented at the top, meant to say uh, Storm here, and shout out to the guy uh, that commented, accidentally deleted your comment. Whether people believe it or not, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, something we've got to improve at. We do make those those mistakes here and there, especially something like that. It was so stupid. And it was a really good podcast and a really good post, I thought. Uh, so disappointing when that sort of stuff happens. But I do appreciate people pointing out when it is happening so I know and so that I can address it and try and be better. Yeah, I remember when I first started uh, doing social media and stuff, I used to get the shits when people used to do that because you used to put, like I still do, I put so much work into stuff and then little things go wrong and that's all the people notice. But um, that's the reality of life. People are always going to look for negatives. It's what it is. It's part of doing uh, what I do. At the end of the day, if you don't want that to happen, you've got to be better and that's what I've got to do. Uh, I think the peach can refind his form uh, back at Penrith. Yeah, great question there from Sato J. Uh, yeah, peachy, I mean... Fuck, he's played pretty bang average footy for the last few years and he gets rewarded with a contract uh, in the best system in rugby league. Pretty crazy how PG's career has unfolded. Uh, do I think he can get back to his best? I I mean, you can't really doubt Ivan Cleary at the moment, the way that he's managed to get the very best out of everyone. But Peachy will be an interesting one. I'm not sure if he's in their team, to be honest with you. We'll jump on now. Yeah, Peach back to Penrith. Very interesting one. Obviously, where he made a name for himself. Came through on the Cronulla system. Signed by the Penrith Panthers. Did really well over there. Obviously, Peach has had a pretty bang average two or three years, maybe even more than that. I, don't, I think it was 2019 he played Origin. Uh, I don't think we know what Peach's position is, and that was... I remember when he's made, made his debut, saying to my mates that knew their footy, the only problem is we don't know what position he is. Here we are, 10-odd years later, we still don't know uh, what position Tyron Peachy is. So hopefully, Ivan Cleary, he can get the very best out of him. Uh, 
to say that I'm confident we'll get the best out of Peachy, I've got to be honest with you, I'm not sure if we will. But obviously, Ivan Cleary, you can't doubt him and what he's capable of doing. So fingers crossed he does. I'm, I've heard a lot of people say straight into their 17, he'll be their 14. I don't think he will. I personally think they'll go with Mitch Kenny and Sonny Luke. I don't think there's a place for Tyron Peachy in this team right now. Eventually, if he shows good form, he can certainly get back into it. But I don't think he's a walk-up starting 17 player, in my opinion. Yeah, it's an interesting one with Peach. I've obviously been a huge fan of him for a very long time. I've defended Peach on a number of occasions. Uh, really nice guy, too. He's reached out a couple of times via social media. Champion fella. Um, yeah, incredibly talented. Just uh, hasn't been able to put it all together over the last few years. So hopefully back at Penrith, uh, where it all started, hopefully he is able to, because it would be great to see him get back to his best. It would be a huge win for Rugby League. Guys like him uh, and guys like Bryce Cartwright, obviously so talented, but you don't see the very best out of them. I just love to see him get get back to his best. All right, next question. Hey, Guru, what would be your ideal fixtures for round one of 2023? Thanks, mate. Good question there. Uh, I'd be getting some local derbies in there. I'd be getting the Warriors at home, and I'd probably be putting the Dolphins up against the Broncos, potentially. Uh, I'll just answer this question quickly, guys. Go into a little bit more detail. Great question, mate. If I was organising 2023 round one, I would definitely have a grand final replay. Battle of the West, Penrith versus Parramatta. That would be uh, option number one. Option number two... Have the Bunnies taking on the Roosters. No doubt about that. I would have that rivalry in there. I'd also have uh, two Queensland local derbies. I would have the Brisbane Broncos up against the Dolphins. You'd obviously build up Wayne Bennett coming up against his old side, the Brisbane Broncos. I think that would be unreal. Uh, and then I would also have probably the Cowboys against the Titans as well, another Queensland derby. I would definitely include the Warriors at Mount Smart. I'm not sure who they play or whatever, uh, but you might, you know, I don't know who they played in their first game ever, but you might line them up with whoever that team was uh, as a bit of a fresh start for the Warriors. Now they're back home permanently and everything. I think that'd be unreal. Um, yeah, so they'd be the ones I would definitely target. Those four games, I would include New Zealand at home, Roosters Bunnies, Battle of the West, Grand Final Replay, Dolphins Brisbane, uh, and then Cowboys and the Titans probably for another derby. Whoa, okay, we're getting an echo there. Yeah, that's how I would sort of go about it, guys. Very keen to hear what you guys think, if you've got a better idea or maybe a rivalry that I potentially missed or one that you think would be mad for round one. Might be like a certain player moving to a certain club that would be good to see him come up against their old side. There's a heap of options there uh, that we could go through. All right, next question. Is the great guru hiring? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I'm probably a while away from being able to hire anyone to work for me, to be honest with you guys. It is hopefully in the plans uh, down the track. I'd have to find the right person though. Uh, but yeah, definitely not in a position as it stands right now. Great question, mate. I've had a few people ask this over the last year or so, or probably more so over the last few months as well with the off-season heading into 2023. Probably not at the moment, realistically. I'm probably not in a position to be able to do it. A bit of a one-man show at the moment, uh, but I am hoping to sort of pan out of that in the next year or so. Uh, I don't know who I'd hire, though. I don't know what it would look like. I don't know if I'd be able to, to be completely honest with you. As I said, a pretty one-man show as it stands right now, but definitely in the future, it is something that I would like to do. I think it's something that I'll probably need to do. So something I'll have to think about pretty soon, but at the moment, um, I'm struggling enough to keep my, my own head in this business, let alone anyone else, so probably not at the moment, mate. Yeah, but it definitely is something, especially a lot of you keen listeners that were exactly like, like me a couple of years ago, just loving footy and whatnot. I mean, if it is an avenue that you are 
keen to get into over the next few years, you know, whether it's starting your own page or podcast or whatever it might be. Uh, I've obviously linked up with like the Hello, uh, not Hello Sport, um, the Weekly Rubdown Boys, and obviously myself and Timmy Williams doing a similar thing. So, plenty of opportunities out there, but probably not um, in the right spot at the moment to be able to do it. Uh, next question with Kieran Foran coming to the Titans, can you see the Titans getting the best out of Fafita? I hope so. I really do hope so. Uh, he's obviously coming off contract very soon. So I think it is sort of now or never as far as Titans and Fafita. Uh, and if it's not going to be now, you know, at the end of the day, not all divorces are bad. So maybe it would be good to see them sort of part ways. Just going to put it on hands-free to get started. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I really hope that Foles is the guy that can unlock Fafita. I will say this, that if we get to the end of this season and we're having the same conversations about Fafita and are the Gold Coast Titans using him properly, are they getting the best out of him? Is he getting the best out of himself there? Uh, an old saying that I love, not all divorces are bad. And if it's not going to work with Foz there, I personally think it's probably time for the Titans to cut ties with Fafita. Uh, not just for the Titans' sake, but also for Fafita's sake. If it's going nowhere there, he needs to change up his environment. He needs to go to a new club, maybe a more successful club, respectfully to the Gold Coast Titans with, you know, other halfbacks, with other coaches, whatever it might be. Because uh, at the moment, the Titans are paying too much money for what they're getting, in my opinion. And Fafita is too good to be having the output that he is at the moment. So not all divorces are bad. Maybe it is time for a little change for both parties. And I think it could be both, it could be beneficial for both of them. Yeah, I think we quite often sort of talk about players leaving clubs and it always comes with such a negative sort of connotation to it. I don't think it always should be. Like, you look at the Luke Brooks situation, like, I think it'd be great for him to leave the Tigers. I think it'd be great for Luke Brooks and the Tigers. There isn't really a loser out of it. Uh, it's just a, a marriage that hasn't worked and that sort of stuff happens all the time in sport. It just is what it is. Uh, who do you think will be Australia's halfback by the pointy end of the World Cup? That one's from Benny White. Uh, it's a pretty easy one for me. Uh, I've got Nathan Cleary as my halfback. Yeah, mate, I'd be going for Nathan Cleary. I think it's just time. Uh, I think the Chess has been great in Origin Series and whatnot, but over the last few years in the NRL, I don't think he's been anywhere near the level of Nathan Cleary. And there is that argument there uh, that Chess has done it on the biggest stages in in rep football. Nathan probably hasn't as much. If you said who's been the better rep football over the last two years, I think you would have to say Chess uh, over Nathan Cleary, realistically. Uh, but for me, I think it's Nathan Cleary's time. And just with reps, he'll get better and better. Uh, and with more experience in rep football, he'll get better and better. So for me, it's a no-brainer. I think it has to be Nathan Cleary. I don't have any question marks over it anymore. I understand what Mal's trying to do, and he's probably also he probably knows that Nathan Cleary is going to be his guy, but he's trying to get the very best out of him, which I back 100%. I think Mal, he knows enough about that Kangaroos jersey and about earning jerseys uh, that he knows what he's doing. So I think it will be Nathan Cleary, mate, but I don't mind that he's got all this pressure on him and trying to get and Mal's trying to get the very best out of him. All right, our next question. Do you think Penrith will use Sonny Luke the way they used Appy this year? Yeah, mate, really good question. I think they will. I think you'll see Mitch Kenny start in the nine jersey. I think Sonny Luke, he will be the 14. He'll come on and have a huge impact. I know that Sonny Luke has been sensational in reserve grade, and everyone's telling me he'll be an 80-minute hooker next year. He won't be. He will share that role, and I think it'll be really beneficial for the Penrith Panthers. I think Mitch Kenny will start. I think he'll take a lot of sting out of the game, and then Sonny Luke will come on, and he will really cause havoc, and I think that's the way you want to use him as well. If one of them is injured... 
I think they'll find another hooker to come in play. Maybe towards the back end of the season, Riley Smith, he might become uh, relevant. There's, they've got a few, they've got heaps of options there at Penrith. Fucking shock me. They're talking about signing Otokolo from the New Zealand Warriors as well. So they won't be short on hooker options. They will not be going with an 80-minute man. I think they'll be splitting that role 100%. Yeah, guys, I think that will. Uh, I think that is how they will work. I love the look of Sonny Luke. I think he's a future superstar in our game, but I don't think he's quite ready for an eighty-minute role yet. And nor should he be in his, you know, first year of first grade, essentially. So I think they'll take their time with him. Once again, we're talking about Ivan Cleary here. He knows what he is doing, uh, and he'll be fine with them. Do you think realistically the Sharks can win a comp in the next five years? If so, when I do, to be honest with you, uh, I think the Sharks. I, I was obviously pretty high on them this year. They fell short. They were pretty disappointing. A lot of what you guys said was spot on about the Sharkies, but I, ge- I genuinely think they can. I'll jump on the live now. Yeah, man, I do think they can win a comp in the next five years or so. I was pretty high on them heading into this year's final series. A lot of you guys weren't, uh, and you guys are right. They did fall short. They went out in straight sets. I still stand by that. If they would have won that golden point game against the Cowboys, which was anyone's, I think it's a completely different competition. You give them a week off. They then got a home game the week after against Parramatta. I think they could have won that game. The Cowboys weren't far off winning that one. I think the Sharkies could have done it as well. But they'll take a lot of lessons from this year. I think they can win a comp in the next five years. I think Penrith, the Roosters, they're going to be very dominant over the next few seasons. But I definitely think the Sharkies, if they time their run right, I think they can definitely win a comp over the next few years. If I was a Sharks fans, mate, I would be pretty excited. Yeah, it's interesting with the Sharkies. Sorry, guys, I kept getting that echo in the background at different times. Uh, I definitely think the Sharkies can. I know I just spoke about it, but uh, I think that they uh, they came a long way this year. They learned a lot of hard lessons, especially at the back end. I think their coach, he's an absolute goer. They've got stars throughout the team. They've got experience in the team. Um, I, I really like the balance they've got, so I genuinely think uh, they could be a side that could win it. Uh, surely the hysteria over Paris departures are crazy. Still a top four to six side. Just lost some depth. Mm, interesting one there from Lachlan Porter. We'll touch on this one, then I'll give you guys a little bit more detail. Yeah, mate, it's interesting with Parramatta. Obviously lost the grand final this year, losing a couple of really key guys. Isaiah Papali'i, they're losing Reid Marnie. They are getting uh, Hopgood, who I think is going to be an absolute star. Remains to be seen if I'm right on that one, but I think he will be. So I think he'll fill in that spot very well. I think that it'll be interesting to see how it balances out. Obviously, you're losing a lot of key guys, which sucks, but your key guys you've still got have gained more experience than they've ever had uh, from season 2022 going all the way to a grand final. So it'll be interesting to see how it balances out. I still think they'll be a top eight side. I'm not willing to say they're a top four side. So what you're saying, four to six is probably fair. Uh, I still think they'll be there and thereabouts. But we have seen Parramatta in the past. They get really high. They do amazing things. And they drop off and they fall off a cliff all of a sudden. Hopefully, Gutho and Moses are, are mature enough and at the age now where they can handle those, those sort of roller coaster moments and smooth it out a little bit. I think they'll gain a lot of experience and a lot of confidence out of what they did this year. And that might keep them afloat. There's a few ways it could go for Parramatta this year. I'm very keen to watch them and see how they go. Everyone thinks I hate Parramatta for whatever reason, just because I didn't think they could win a comp this year. Uh, There's 14 other teams I didn't think I could could win a comp this year either, to be fair. Uh, But I'm very keen to see how they handle it. I thought their window was closing this year, but... After seeing how they go, um, how, how they went all the way to the grand final, it fills me with a little bit more confidence. Uh, if Ponga was always in form, would he win a Dalian medal? A uh, bit of a weird question there to ask, uh, but we'll answer it as best as we can. 
Yeah, the, the wording of the question's a bit odd, to be honest with you, mate. I'm not I, like if he's always in his absolute best form. I think KP yeah is a really good shot to win a uh, Dally M medal. He went very close in 2018, I think it was. I think he got Players Player Award that year. Uh, incredibly talented KP. Uh, I, I think we sort of I, I I met him about three weeks ago, and I think I had a very very different perception on the sort of guy that KP was. He's very different when you actually meet him. Uh, I, he just needs to stay on the field and just stay fit. And I think KP's aware of that as well, that once he just stays on the field and the head knocks stop, um, that he can achieve anything in our game. You've seen it in State of Origin. I thought he was the best player on the park uh, during the Origin Arena. He, in the Origin Series, he was sensational. So, yeah, if KP can keep himself on the field, I really do think the sky's the limit for this guy. He is still a superstar. You might have gone off him a little bit. You might not appreciate little things he's done here, but he's incredibly talented and he's got all the ability in the world and can achieve anything in our game. Yeah, uh, meeting KP a couple of weeks ago was a pretty cool experience. Really nice guy. Had all the time in the world for me, as did uh, Matty Croker and Connor Watson. Their podcast, the 257 Collective, definitely worth, worth a listen, doing really good things, doing things a little bit differently uh, to normal footballers, which is good to see. Uh, what have we got? Uh, greatest player to never win a premiership. Uh, that's a tough one. Uh, oh, geez, I probably want to give that one a little bit more thought just in case I miss anyone. Uh, but, guys, I would be looking at, obviously, Wally Lewis, if you're not going to count his wins up in the Brisbane comp, it has to be Wally Lewis. I think Andrew Eddinghausen, Nathan Hindmarsh. I might answer this question, actually, off the dome. All right, let's get stuck into this one. Yeah, mate, tough one to answer off the top of my head without looking through it all and going through guys and making sure. But uh, the guys that come to mind, obviously, Wally Lewis, he never won an NRL premiership or uh, a, you know, a rugby league premiership. He won a heap up there in the Brisbane comp, but not really the same in my opinion. So probably him, but he, he, he was with the Broncos. He came into the comp in 88 pretty late in his career. Uh, Andrew Eddinghausen's another one from Canelo. I reckon he's an absolute star and has been for a very, very long time. Absolute superstar ET. Uh, the other one that I would would probably throw in there. I'm just trying to think who else I would go with. ET, uh, Nathan Hindmarsh, of course, from the Parramatta Eels. I think he is one that has to be put right up there. Uh, there's a number of great players that haven't won comps. I'm trying to think off the dome to come up with more. Having a bit of stage fright here, so can't quite think of any more. Uh, but we might do a podcast on this a little bit later because there are an absolute stack of all-time players that have never managed to win a premiership. Yeah, sometimes these happens on these live. Everyone thinks it happens so easy and it's so natural and everything, but sometimes you just genuinely don't have an answer. And I find it's best to just be honest. I can't possibly have the answers to everything and can't think of everything off the spot. Um, so, yeah. Uh, what have we got? Um, do you think the Storm should look at someone, Magulius or Nathan Brown? Yes, I do. This is a good little question from Dom, talking about the Melbourne Storm and their spot at 13. I personally think they need to go into the market and get someone. Yeah, mate, I think the Melbourne Storm do need to find someone to play that 13 role. To their credit, though, they've never really played with that traditional sort of 13. Uh, they've all, all, always just had the skill set at 7, 6, and 9 to be able to go without it. And personally, I think they probably still do. But if they were able to get their paws on a Nathan Brown, I think that would be sensational. Billy Magulis, I absolutely love him. I, he deserves an opportunity somewhere in the NRL. What worries me is that he hasn't got this opportunity despite playing fantastic football. And everyone you talk to says su such positive things about him. So it does make me wonder if there's a little bit more to the Billy Magulia story, but I've seen nothing to indicate that to me outside of him essentially not being picked regularly in first grade. So it's a bit of a tough one. 
All right, our next question comes from Brendan. He says, does the number system for the Aussies World Cup show we can't adjust to player-picked numbers? An interesting one, one that I'm very keen to get stuck into. Let's go live now. Interesting point, mate. For me, the difference is the players didn't pick the number. They were given their number based on how many games they've played or their debut, which I think is fucking ridiculous personally. I think that if the Kangaroos would have picked their best 1-17 to and those guys had their jerseys and then you had other guys coming in in different jerseys, I think there wouldn't be as much backlash to it. I think the way they've done it where every single number is screwed up, I think that is what has made it so difficult. Personally, I would be all for players being able to pick their number and to have their name on their back, but you need to have those two things to make it work. I don't think this is a really good example of why we can't have player-picked numbers and whatnot because I think the ARL is just completely shit the bed. You look at the other um, countries and stuff, they name, you know, a squad of 25 or whatever for a game and it's not ideal, but we can deal with it. Whereas the Kangaroos, they throw together, uh, you know, the, the, the 17 names and numbers that are all over the place. It's a bit of a nightmare. So I disagree, mate, but I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, I personally think the players should be able to pick their own numbers. I think it'd be a great way to move the game forward. Just to give you guys a little bit more detail on that, because I've only got limited time on Instagram there, I think it'd be unreal. If, for example, you know, if James Tedesco was going to be one, you'd have the Tedesco one. That would become his jersey. He should get a cut of jersey sales off the back of that. Uh, it'd force players to take more responsibility uh, of themselves and of their brand and everything. I just think it'd be a win all around for everyone else. But, um, yeah, it's tough. Obviously, the NRL do not think like that. Um, what did you think of Will Zillman? I got a question here from Rick, and I'm sure he's joking, but it is something that annoys me a little bit where people ask questions about players that, you know, might not have been superstars, but they still played in the NRL. They put laughing emojis to it and stuff. I know people are joking, but I, I just, I don't know. Sometimes this sort of stuff doesn't quite sit right with me. Yeah, mate, thought Will Zillman was a good player. I see these sort of questions all the time. And, you know, people take guys that were first graders, but they maybe weren't rep internationals and superstars. And they sort of try and take the piss out of them sometimes. I think that we really do underappreciate sometimes how hard it is to play one first grade game, let alone probably the 150 or 200 that Will Zillman would have played. Is he going to be an immortal? Did he play Origin? No, no. But, fuck, he made it to first grade. And I think the vast majority of us footy fans would admit that at some point we had that dream, weren't able to achieve it. The way that we take the piss out of other guys that did, but because they weren't superstars, we get stuck into them. Uh, I don't know. It just doesn't compute for me why people do it. I know you're joking, mate, but I don't know. Have a little bit more respect for guys that have gone and done the damn thing and have played the game because uh, I think we undervalue that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's just one of my pet hates when you see people uh, comment players that, you know, have achieved so much. Like playing one game of first grade is a huge fucking achievement. I think a lot of people just undervalue that sometimes. So, uh, yeah, just a different way to think about things sometimes. Uh, we'll do one more. We'll do two more questions, actually. Our first one is Reese Walsh overrated. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Interesting one. 
I guess it depends who you talk to, mate, and how you value Reese Walsh. I see a lot of people getting really upset about the way that Reese Walsh is complimented. Um, if you're going to tell me he's not talented, I'm sorry, you're, you're kidding yourself. Has he made mistakes? 100%. Uh, as have a lot of players in the past. Uh, he's learned from them. I think he's going to come out the other side. I think he'll be, he'll be a really good signing for the Brisbane Broncos. He is touted up because he's got a, lo- a lot of ability. People believe in Reese Walsh. I've always been a big fan of him because in a number of games, being at the age he was at, the game was on the line. He wanted the ball in his hands. It was a game against the Broncos one afternoon. I think he missed four shot at field goals and he was willing to take the fifth. Now, most people would look at that and go, oh, that's shit, he missed the field goal. For me, he still had the mindset that even though he wasn't playing well, he wanted to win the game for his team. And it's hard to bottle that sort of stuff up, especially in a young guy, to find guys that are confident enough to get knocked down and get up and go again and try and win a game of football. Uh, that sort of attitude, it's going to win you more games and it's going to lose you. That's why I'm a fan of Reese Walsh. All right, guys, we'll do our very last question here. There are still a few more sitting there, but uh, running a little bit short on time. Our last question, what is the best club team you've ever seen can be from any era? Tough one, tough one, tough one. All right, I'm going to do this one off the dome so you guys can hear it live. Cracking question. This will be our last one. A great question too. Uh, for me, I would have to say, you know, you go back to the 80s, obviously the Parramatta Eels, the early 80s, sensational team. I didn't get to see, watch them live, obviously. I didn't get to watch 92, 93 Broncos live. So the best teams for me, I would say that early 2000s Rooster side, they were unbelievable. Unfortunately, they only come away with one premiership. Uh, I would say that those Manly sides, I was sort of late 2000s, they were great as well. I love the brand of footy that they played. Um, the 2017 Melbourne Storm, that one always stands out for me. Fuck, they were a good footy team. I'd put them up against the very best of the best, your Parramatta Eels. Canberra Raiders of the 90s, I'd have to put into this conversation as well. They were unbelievable. I was obviously a little bit young, but all that I've watched on them, they, you know, I, I'm not sure if they're not the greatest team ever. Uh, obviously, the back-to-back Roosters, they'd have to be up there, but I'm sorry, this Penrith side, they have to be up there. They might be the best team that I've ever seen live, to be honest with you. They've just dominated the last two years, which is crazy. Yeah, it's interesting, this Panthers side. I think that uh, people get a little bit upset when you put them in that top echelon. But personally, I think that's where they belong. I think they've been so good over the last two years, and I think they'll only improve and be better. Still a pretty young squad as a whole. Uh, so I'd put this Penrith Panthers side up against the very best of them, to be honest with you, which might be a little bit controversial. All right, guys, my internet sort of is going in and out, which is proving to be a bit of a pain in the ass. Uh, so I'm going to upload those two, and then I'm probably uh, going to hit the road here. So I'll just upload saying that my internet's playing up a little bit that we'll try and do. We'll try and do more of these as we go. And if you guys enjoy these podcasts where I'm just sort of talking to you uh, whilst I'm doing it, let me know because I'll be really keen to do more of them in the future. Just go live now. Guys, we've run out of time. Uh, we're going to hit the road now. Our internet's playing up a little bit, so some are uploading, some aren't. Been a bit of a bit of pain in the ass the last hour or so. We are recording all of these on the podcast, so a bit of a behind-the-scenes sort of look at uh, how we do these Instagram stories, Q&As and all that. Give a little bit more detail on all the questions, and I'll go through and answer a few more of them as well on the podcast if you are keen. That's available at Rugby League Guru Podcast. Seeing the advertisement down here. Uh, you can go onto my um, Instagram and click on the link there to have a look. All available there if you want to go listen. Rugby League Guru Podcast. Plenty of content there each and every day. Cheers, legends. Yeah, so we'll upload that. And then we might just go through a couple of the other questions. As I said, my internet's playing up a little bit, but I can answer some of those questions for you guys. Give my live reaction to a lot of those, even though they won't be on Instagram. Um, So let's have a look at some of the other questions that 
were sent in that we didn't talk about. Just got to get back to that screen. Sorry, guys. Bit tedious here. All right, so some of the other questions. Thoughts on the Cedars, obviously, uh, the, the Lebanese Rugby League team. I've been very impressed, mate. We dropped a preview of the Rugby League, uh, review around one of the Rugby League World Cup earlier today. I thought that was sensational, and I spoke about them. They were very, very impressive. Uh, who do the Warriors need to sign in the front row for Fida Burgess? Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what the answer is or who the player is, but I think you do need someone to pair up with Adam Fanua Blake. Lost Aaron Penne as well, who I thought was going to be a star eventually. Uh, so there are a couple of holes there. Asking for a shout out for my podcast, King at Last Podcast. Love your work. King at Last Podcast. Uh, go and have a look at that, guys. Not sure what the genre is or whatever, but worth going to have a look at that podcast. Uh, support people that are putting out content. Content. Uh, what would you think of the Papua New Guinea hooker? Yeah, I thought he was sensational. Very impressive. Ipape, I believe his name was. I, I can't remember it exactly, uh, but very talented guy who I think that he could potentially get a spot in the NRL somewhere. I think he seemingly after that one game, I think it's fair to say he looks better than some of the other hookers running around in this competition, no doubt about that. Will the Titans struggle as they rely on Foran to be their Mr. Fix-It in 2023? Uh, potentially, mate, but I think they're better with Foran than without him. Will the international game take over and adversely affect origin really interesting question i don't think so i don't think it'll ever get to that level it may uh but i still think state of origin will always be the top dog but if international rugby league keeps improving year on year we might get to that point which will be very interesting i just always think there'll be something special about state of origin i can't see it dying out or anything who do you think will win the rugby league world cup i think the winner will come from whoever wins out of the kangaroos and the new zealand kiwis uh in their would you call it a prelim final semi-final whatever the hell it is. I think the winner of that probably takes out the cup. A uh, bit of a boring answer there, but that is how I think it will play out. Maybe, maybe I'm still um, underappreciating how good this English side is, though. Happy to be proven wrong. I think that'll be an unreal little, little narrative. Did you catch Eastar Masters for the Cook Islands? Played six and had some really good touches. Certainly did, Anton. Um, I, I wouldn't even say he played six. He sort of just was told to go out and play footy. I guess if you were going to call it anything, you would call it a 5-8 role. But yeah, really unorthodox the way that he was playing. I really like it. I I think the coaches and people in rugby league, we get too stuck in ways of thinking as far as positions, and this position has to do that. Uh, I've always been a big fan of the roaming centre, like what Joey Manu's doing. Even when, you know, Taumalolo was dominating the world and smashing records for running metres, the whole time I was saying I'd be running with a ball playing 13, and you eventually saw uh, rugby league sort of change in that direction. So I don't mind going a little bit unorthodox with your positions. I was even talking to a mate today about um, Joseph Suwaliti, what position he plays next year. I think he'll probably play left center for the Sydney Roosters. That's what I'd be doing. And he sort of said, yeah, but then you can't return out of your own end. And I sort of said, well, why can't you? Why can't he drop back and your winger just shift into the spot he was in? And he sort of sat there and went, no, 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 you can't do that. And it's, well, why not is the question. Why can't you? What difference would it really make? I think we get too stuck in cement with the way that we see positions and the way that we um, try and just copycat constantly. I like teams and coaches that think a little bit outside the box. Um, who misses out on Magic Round next season? Yeah, it's a tough one. One team has to miss out. I don't know who it'll be. I imagine the Dolphins probably need to be there in their first season. My suggestion has been the New Zealand Warriors, just because it's one less game they have to travel here for. They've done enough travelling over the last few years, but if the Warriors want to play in Magic Round, uh, you can't possibly say no to them after what they've done over the last few years. So, if the Warriors want to play, I'm stumped. I've got no idea. Do you take out the Wooden Spooners? Is it the West Tigers from last year that you take out? I don't know how to do it. I'm really looking forward to seeing how the NRL handles this shit fight. I'm also looking forward to seeing 
seeing how they handle the shit fight of picking um, who gets to have the buy in round one because that's a huge disadvantage compared to the team that gets to have the buy in round 25, for example, and gets a break before finals. If my team got the, if I had a team, but if my team got the buy in round one, I would be fucking filthy. It is the biggest waste of a buy of all time, and it's going to happen to one team, and that supporter pace, I think they can feel very, very hard done by. Um, do you think Reese Walsh could make the Queensland Origin side the next few years? I do, mate. I'm not sure where. Uh, I'm not sure exactly where he'd be able to make that side because they're pretty stacked at the moment. Uh, but I think he definitely could, mate. Are there any other sports that you follow aside from league? A little bit of cricket, but not too much. Probably NFL's my next best sport, uh, but nowhere near rugby league, mate. I sort of don't get the opportunity to because I'm so focused on league. Uh, how does Golden Boot Award work? Will they announce a winner after the World Cup? Uh, I'm not sure this year, mate, that uh, that that Golden Boot is always a bit of a um, lottery. I'm not quite sure how they're going about it, mate. Um, okay, guys, that will probably do us a few questions here about Samoa and Matt Parrish. I don't think Matt Parrish is the right guy. Uh, I said it before the World Cup. I would have gone with Matty and Andrew Johns. I think Samoa need to change things if they're going to be successful because it just isn't working for them at the moment. Uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll try and do this more often. Let me know if you enjoyed this sort of content or if it was a bit slow. I don't know. Whatever you guys think, let me know what your thoughts are and I can adapt it or whatever next time. Won't be very common content, but it might be once once a week, once a fortnight or something if you guys like it. A little bit of behind the scenes there of how it all works. Let me know your thoughts, guys. Have a cracking weekend and uh, we'll see you for more coverage of the World Cup over the weekend. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.